How well would you play if your clubs were stolen? Better than you think. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of Data Access Golf. I'm Aaron Stewart. It is a Data Monday. Got a pretty cool topic to go on today. We're actually live today, a live studio audience in the house, so that's exciting. Never done that before, so we'll see how that goes. They've promised to be completely quiet. They're now nodding their heads, so they'll be quiet. We'll see how that goes. If you hear anything, that's what's going on. You know, I'm not making background noises to make anybody nervous. So anyway, uh, hopefully you had a good weekend. Those, that you, those of you that got caught up in the winter storms, my apologies. You didn't get to play any golf, but to make you feel any better, we're already covered with snow here in Utah, so no golf going on. We can commiserate together. But uh, what I wanted to kind of get uh, to talk about was something that really happened on the web.com qualifying this weekend, and it was a, a very interesting story. So they talked about it. It's a guy by the name of Corey Blick, and uh, going into his final round, he woke up in the morning, and he's making himself breakfast, and while he's doing that, his, his uh, fiance and his uh, coach come in. And say, uh, yeah, where are your golf clubs? And he's like, well, I, you know, they're at an Airbnb apparently. And he said, oh, they're just, they're just out in the garage. And they're like, yeah, no, they're not. The garage door was open when we got up this morning and your clubs are gone, right? So now he's got, uh, he's got to go out and play. And, and I would, I'm fascinated by how well these guys are playing to, to qualify for the web.com tour. Out of the entire group, I think there, were, there was only two that were not under par and the entire qualifying group, and they were even par. So they're playing amazing golf right now, and you knew that you had to go low. There was a couple of guys that shot one and two under and, were, and, and lost like 30, 27, and 30 spots. So it was like, it's crazy how well they're playing. And, and now this poor Cody gets up in the morning and realizes he has to go out and probably play the most important round of his life, and he has no clubs. They're gone. So he calls up a Titleist. He does the best he can, and everybody runs around. And to their credit, everybody sort of pieced together this hodgepodge bag of clubs. So he's got a Titleist. I guess uh, one of the guys at Titleist found a driver and a three-wood, and they threw that in a bag. They found some wedges at the clubhouse, and so they threw those in the bag. He had, a, I guess he had a three and a four iron that just weren't part of the bag at that time. So he had those. That's what he warmed up with. I mean, it was, it's a total nightmare. What a, what a bad way to start the day. He literally had to warm up with his three and four iron because he had no other clubs as he was trying to get ready to go out on his round. So you can imagine the panic in this poor guy. His, uh, I'm sure his fiance wasn't feeling much better, maybe even worse, as the, this, this group of, of friends and people that he didn't know ran around and, and pieced together this bag, some random putter, the whole thing. Well, what does he do? It's a it's par 71. He goes out and shoots a 63. Okay. And he's got different shafts. He's got, I mean, it's completely hodgepodge. It's not fit to him. They did the best they could, but he goes out and shoots a 63. So you, you ask yourself, how in the world is, is this kind of thing possible, right? We hit on being fit for your clubs and how important it is. How can this guy who's basically crafted his whole game 
around this set of clubs, how can he go out and perform? And that's an excellent question. And kind of the topic of what, where I wanted to go, and it kind of brings back into this idea that when you, when you play from a conscious place in your golf game, you're not very good. But when you're playing from outside yourself, you can be very, very good. So kind of let me, I'll set up what I think happened in uh, Cody's mind. And, and again, if Cody wants to call up and he wants to chat about this, I'd love to do it. But this is what I believe happened in his mind. It goes back to a couple experiences that I've had in my own golf game. And that is, um, it kind of goes back to when I talked about having my knee injury and how I was so concerned with my knee that I couldn't think about anything else. My, my whole focus was on my knee and making sure that my weight stayed on the inside of my leg or, or paying attention to that. Cause I knew if my weight shifted to the outside of my knee, it was going to hurt. And that was, I was so terrified of that. And so, um, so consumed with that aspect of, of my golf swing that that's all I thought about. And that that's frankly the best thing in the world for you to be completely focused on something other than your golf swing. So Cody goes out with a, a set of clubs that he has no faith in. And I, I guarantee that when he took that club back, he was just feeling it because it was completely different from what he was used to. And that consumed his mind. So he took his conscious mind out of it, unconsciously took his conscious mind out of it and just had to play. And, and he was just feeling things. I'm sure he was feeling clubs flexing differently. I'm sure that the feels were different. The grips were different. Everything was odd. And it was so odd and so outside of what he's used to that that occupied his mind. And because his mind was now out of it, he was able to play really, really good golf. Okay, so that's the premise behind what I believe happened. And so it's really not that uncommon. And, and you, you get this all the time. For, for us that have, have off seasons, we'll go into the season playing real, into the off season, you know, playing probably the best golf, you know, that we've played all year because we've had that whole year to kind of get into it. And then the snow flies and the courses shut down and you've got no place to practice nothing. Well, I always go back out. It's a little different now that I have the technology to sort of dial in my swing before I go out. But how many times have you gone out that first round out of um, the winter and everything feels different because you haven't swung a golf club in so long and you end up playing amazing golf, right? Some of the best golf that, that you probably play all year happens right when you come out and not necessarily the chipping and putting because that has a lot of feel, but you're striking the ball. Well, you go out with no expectations. You go out with no swing thoughts because you haven't been on the range working on stuff, trying to figure stuff out and you just play really good golf. And, and that's what we're trying to, to get to. That's what, when, when you have really, really good data and, and, and that goes back to the other point of this, the web.com tour we're sitting around going, okay, why are these guys so good? Why are average scores so much lower than they used to be? And it literally is because we now have technology where these, these young players have instant feedback. And so they're able to learn how to play their game better. They, they get to know their name, their game way better, way earlier in life. And it sets them up where back in the old day where we were, where we were preaching completely the wrong thing about the ball flight laws where we, we, were, we had been taught to, you know, open up our clubs to, to hit a fade and this, that, and the other. We had no idea what was going on. And so we're trying to figure out our golf swings with very, very incorrect and frankly poor information. Well, these young kids now don't, don't have any of that. 
The information they're getting from TrackMan and some of the technologies that you can strap onto your club and use is accurate. So it's accurate feedback. So they have a huge advantage in becoming better, let alone the opportunity you have to fit golf clubs and all of the other advantages, the better equipment, uh, the more forgiving equipment, the better golf balls, the more consistent golf balls. Frankly, the um, better golf courses, uh, better green surfaces, everything's better. So you would expect for pros to be able to play better because all the information and all the inputs, all the assets of playing golf now are better. You would expect these kids to play better and they are playing really amazing golf. I mean, that's unbelievable for a Q school, the pressure on a Q school and to put your game under that kind of stress and still be able to perform the, the way they are is completely unheard of, you know, in pre even a decade ago, it's unheard of, but these, these, these guys know their game. And it's accurate and it's, and it's dead to right. So uh, when, you, when you think about going out and playing golf, think about this, that whether it's the knee situation, wh whether you've been injured, whether you're trying a new club, whether you're, whatever it is, and that's a whole other problem when you're trying new clubs and it's in a different feel. That's how sometimes you can go out. Everybody's done this, right? You can go out to a demo day and you can take one of those clubs and you take it out and you start hitting it, well, it's a new feel and you're interested in how the club feels, how the club looks, how the club sounds. So you are focused on something outside of yourself and you're hitting it really, really well. Then you buy the dang thing, you stick it in your bag, you go back up in your head and you play like crap with it. It's the same club. And you wonder if maybe they don't uh, do something special to those clubs on the range. No, they don't. You were just interested in something outside. You put it in your bag and three days later, you're used to it. Now you're back in your head and you're thinking about stuff and, and you're putting bad swings on the, on the ball. Nothing to do with the club. It has everything to do with whether you're playing conscious golf or subconscious golf, inside your head or outside your head. So that is, as far as the data goes, that, that is what I believe happened. Uh, for Cody Blick, and I'm, I'm thrilled that it happened that way, that he was able to kind of, because that, you know, that, that stinks. To go into the last day, know that you have to play well, and, and then wake up and find, to, to your horror, that your, golf clubs, that your golf clubs have been stolen. Your whole golf bag is gone. Um, kudos to everybody at Titleist. Kudos to everybody that threw in and helped um, him throw it together and get his bag up and going. Really, really happy for Cody Blick and his fiance and the whole gang because it's pretty cool to shoot a 63 with a bunch of other, other clubs, but it's not as uncommon um, as I think we should. Uh, I think that we can agree that it's, it's not necessarily as uncommon as one would think that you can play very well with another set of clubs. If you are still focused on outside, we are, our, our uh, subconscious is that amazing and that incredible that it can adjust to a different set of clubs on the fly and you can play really good golf. And, and that's how it's done is because you've taken the conscious mind out of it and you're playing from, you know, from a different place outside yourself. So kind of my observations on that. Uh, again, hope that you had a really good week for those of you that are in warm weather and played golf. I hate you. I'm jealous. I hope that you enjoyed it. We can't wait for spring around here. We'll get through Christmas and hopefully by March, all this white stuff's melted off and we can get out and play a little bit more. So hope you have a good Monday. Um, any comments or questions, let me know. Dataaccessgolf at gmail.com or you can just comment down on the podcast or find us on Facebook just under Data Access Golf. Look forward to reading your comments and we'll definitely reply to them. 
And as always, remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.